Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 754, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 to 23. Let's read the passage. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as serpents, and as innocent as doves. Beware of them, because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me, to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel primarily to a Jewish audience. He's relaying the ministry of Jesus, trying to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah, the one promised throughout the Old Testament. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Matthew's presenting this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And we're looking now at the teaching aspect of this ministry. He's teaching his disciples. Matthew has these five discourses, these extended sessions of teaching. The first one was the Discourse on Discipleship. It was about how to be a disciple of Christ. And we call that the Sermon on the Mount. This is the second discourse, called the Discourse on Mission. And he's discussing his mission. The mission he is sending his disciples out on. And so this section starts in chapter 9, verse 35, goes through chapter 11, verse 1 is in preparation to sending his disciples out on this mission. He's sending them to go throughout the Jewish towns of Galilee. He's told them to proclaim the kingdom of heaven and to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, and drive out demons. So he's now assigning the preaching and healing ministry to his disciples. So we say this expansion is no longer just Jesus doing these things but his disciples are doing these things also. Well, we're in chapter 10, in verse 16. Jesus says, Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. We often see the people of God described as sheep throughout the Old Testament. And the imagery is that sheep are very vulnerable to predators. Well, in the Old Testament, who provides the protection for these sheep? from the predators, is God himself who protects the sheep. And here the image of Jesus is using is that idea of his people as sheep, and he's sending them among wolves. And he says, therefore be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Well, serpents, snakes, were proverbially thought to be very clever. In fact, that's how the serpent in Genesis is portrayed. In Genesis 3, 1, it says the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals. And so serpents are thought to be very cunning. And so to be 
shrewd as serpents is to be very shrewd, but as innocent as doves. Now, doves, there's a variety of, of doves. Many of them are vegetarians. They don't even eat bugs. They just eat seeds and plant material. And they're very harmless. You never see a dove as a predator. They're always the prey. So doves are a symbol of innocence. Well, this is kind of a comparison of extremes here to be shrewd as serpents, but innocent as doves. To just be shrewd on its own ends up as being cunning, taking advantage of others. But to be innocent would be one completely taken advantage of by others. So there's they're somewhat opposites there. And as followers of Christ, we're told to be both, have the elements of both. That is to be shrewd, and in this instance is to avoid the trouble. There will be trouble. Throughout this whole section, he's promising there will be trouble. There will be persecution. Avoid it as best you can. Now, verse 23 says, when they persecute you in one town, flee to another. So to be shrewd as serpents is to be able to bypass conflict as much as possible. But then innocent as doves, to be innocent as doves is to not be overly cautious, not really suspecting trouble. And so to balance these two, it's tough and it takes the Lord's guidance there, but to be clever enough to get out of trouble when it comes, but not be so overly cautious that you're afraid of getting into trouble. Because the context here is there's going to be trouble. Verse 17, beware of them. Who's them? The wolves. Because they will hand you over to local courts, flog you in their synagogues. There he's looking at religious leaders. And religious leaders doubled as town leaders in many respects, and they could actually accuse people of wrongdoing and have them flogged. Verse 18, you'll even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. Now, obviously here, he's stepping beyond this immediate mission that he's sending the 12 out on, because he's sending them to go around to various Jewish towns in Galilee. So to be brought before governors and kings, well, there is no king or governor in Galilee. And Gentiles, he was told them specifically, don't go down the road that goes to the Gentiles. So this is looking beyond this immediate ministry, this immediate mission that he's sending the 12 out on. We know it will be the case. There will be followers of Jesus who will appear before kings and governors and Gentiles. Verse 19, but when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you're to speak, for you'll be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. Well, this doesn't say we should not be prepared to defend our faith. This is speaking about in that crisis moment when you're arrested and accused of being a follower of Christ on trial for your life, perhaps, don't be afraid that you won't have anything to say. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. Continues, verse 21, brother will betray brother to death, a father his child, 
children rise up against parents and have them put to death. Okay, he's speaking of martyrdom and the breakdown of family loyalties over Jesus. This is not just the destruction of society because society crumbles. This is specifically over faith in Jesus. Verse 22, you'll be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now, we don't see anything like this happening in this Galilean ministry. So, this is Jesus speaking out beyond that. This is the kind of things that are going to happen. Now, on the Galilean ministry, they will encounter opposition, in which case you shake the dust off your feet and move on and keep presenting the gospel. But down the road, it will get bad. People will be martyred. People will have the opportunity to appear before kings and governors. And the promise, the one who endures to the end, will be saved. Now remember, often in the Bible, the picture of salvation is something that's not certain until the end. Those that endure to the end, yeah, that's the saved people. The ones who fall away along the way, they were never saved to begin with. Verse 23, when they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Okay, that's simple enough to understand. It goes along with the idea of don't throw your pearls before pigs or give what is holy to dogs. Don't waste your time, so to speak, trying to argue the gospel with people who flat reject it. And particularly those that persecute. Get out of there and go on to the next town. Second part of verse 23. For I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is a hard passage to understand, and there's a lot of argument, a lot of theories, but everybody agrees on one thing. This is hard to understand, and there's different ways to take it, because you know, what's he mean by these words that are used? You will not have gone through the towns of Israel. What does he actually mean by that? Because he's sending them on a mission to go to various towns in Galilee. Is he talking about the overall Jewish area of Galilee and Judea? What's he mean by Israel? He's just talking about the Jewish towns that he's going through. And what does he mean by before the Son of Man comes? And there's all kinds of ideas on all these things. And how you put these together, you can come up with a lot of different ideas. Up front, it's not obvious. And so we've got to take this with a, a lot of humility and say, don't really know for sure what he means by this. Sometimes we see him just refer to himself as the Son of Man. It's essentially saying I. And, and perhaps the simple meaning of this is, you guys are not going to complete this mission I'm sending you on before I show up. That's a, a very simple way to understand it. And you don't run into any problems there other than, why is that even there? Because Matthew does use an economy of words. And in light of all the ideas of the persecution that people are going to face, it doesn't seem to fit there. The Son of Man coming, like in Matthew 24, in the book of Daniel, a lot of times the idea of the Son of Man coming is seen as the time of judgment. And so people take that to mean the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., the destruction of the temple. 
They basically say you will not complete this evangelism of Jews before the judgment of God is exercised on Israel and the destruction of Jerusalem. Others say the coming of the Son of Man refers to when Jesus becomes fully known as the Messiah or when Jesus is resurrected. Others say, no, it's not until Jesus returns the second coming. That would be the coming of the Son of Man. So perhaps all this means that the evangelism of the Jews will never end until Jesus returns. So it's hard to say. You could make a case, and people do, for all of these and, and even some other ideas that we didn't even cover. So, what do we make of it? Well, it's hard to pin it down exactly what it means. So, what's our takeaway from this section here? Well, we see this expanding of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is expanding his ministry to his disciples. That He has now given them authority to heal sicknesses, drive out demons and given them the assignment to preach the gospel. Well, now this segment is taking it beyond the immediate ministry of these disciples to even our day. So that would make us inclusive as these disciples. So Jesus' ministry extending beyond just the twelve, but to all followers for all time. We see here an expectation of persecution. But notice the persecution is because of Jesus, but also that God's going to be involved in all of this. The persecution is because of God, but he's also going to step in. The Holy Spirit is going to provide what to say in times of crisis, and we should have this expectation of the return of Christ and the call to endure to the end. So we are seeing this expansion of the mission. So it's why I call it discourse on mission. Jesus is talking about his mission. Jesus is talking about the mission of the disciples that he's sending them on right here and now. But now he's also looking off into the future for the continuing mission of all followers of Jesus. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.